Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by co-founding pastor John Ferguson as we conclude the series, The World Turned Upside Down. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. I love this week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, Maybe it's because of all those years of Christmas breaks from school. Uh, For most of us, everything seems to slow down and our schedules change for the better. There's time for naps and comfy days on the couch watching football. Uh, The craziness of Christmas wanes somewhat, but it's not yet time to put the decorations away. For many of us, this week between Christmas and New Year's is a chance to take a deep breath, to slow down and relax, Uh, which is why we thought enjoying services together online this week seemed appropriate, especially if you're all still wearing those matching pajamas. I also think this week provides a great opportunity to reflect on the past year and dream about the year to come. There are a number of ways to do this. You know, some people make resolutions. Others choose a word of the year to focus on. I know some people who evaluate the progress they've made over the past 12 months. A practice a friend of mine told me about recently is something called a hello goodbye exercise. It's a process in which you review your year saying goodbye to the past so you can say hello to the future. It reminds me of what the Apostle Paul wrote to Christ followers in Philippi when he said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul seems to be saying goodbye to the past and hello to what is ahead. And I find this particularly helpful, especially if there is unresolved stuff that might be hard for me to let go of. Let's just say I can be a bit like this tree holding onto the dead leaves well into the next season, convincing myself that it's not yet time to let go. I mean, have you seen that meme that comes out in the fall that says, the trees are about to show us how lovely it is to let the dead things go. I see that and I think, yeah, true, but you know, I'm pretty sure come January, there's at least one area of my life that looks more like this picture here because there is stuff I'm holding on to that I need to let go of. Anybody with me? That's why this hello, goodbye exercise can be so helpful. So as you think about the last year, how would you answer the question, what do I need to say goodbye to? What do I need to say goodbye to? Uh, Looking back on the year 2021, what were the seasons of challenge? The times of sorrow? Uh, What disappointed you this past year? What seems to fall short of your hopes and dreams when you look back on 2021? As you reflect back on the last year, ask yourself that question, what do I need to say goodbye to? What do I need freedom from? It could be something hurtful someone did or said to you. It may be something you brought on yourself. Or it might be something that happened because the world is a very, very broken place. During this time of goodbye, we can ask God to help us let these things go, to to let them finally die and be buried. Because see, we're about to flip the calendar to 2022. And I don't think any of us want to be like that tree holding on to dead leaves. The good news is that after we take the time to say goodbye, then we are ready to say hello. We can ask ourselves, what do I want to say hello to? What do you want to see happen in this new year? I mean, what hopes and dreams do you have for the next 12 months? What adjustments do you know you need to make as you step into 2022? 
Ultimately, when we walk through this hello and goodbye exercise, what we're doing is ensuring that we align our daily lives with what is truly important to us. Uh, The end of one year and the start of another is the perfect time to do a purpose check, to ask ourselves this all-important question, what am I living for? What are you living for? I know it's a huge question, isn't it? But the truth is, our lives answer the question whether we reflect on it or not. How we spend our time and our energy and our resources says everything about what we are actually living for. And you know, Jesus urges his followers to wrestle with this question, what am I living for? When he challenges us to consider what we treasure. He's reminding us how easy it is to live for lesser things that will not last. He calls those treasures on earth rather than giving ourselves to what will last forever. And he calls those things treasures in heaven. As for me, I know I'm living for treasures on earth when I prioritize work over family and friends, when I choose image instead of intimacy, and when I value stuff rather than experiences with God and people. And I know I'm not alone. In 1937, a researcher at Harvard University began what is known as the Grant Study, tracking what factors contribute to human well-being and happiness. The research team selected 268 male Harvard students who seemed healthy and well-adjusted to be a part of this study that continued for over 72 years. The Grant Study tracked an array of factors, including measurable items like physical exercise, cholesterol levels, marital status, education levels, and weight— but also attract more subjective psychological factors, such as how a person employs defense mechanisms to deal with the challenges of life. In 2008, someone asked the director of the study what he'd learned about human health and happiness from his years of poring over this data. You would expect a complex answer from a Harvard scientist, right? But his secret to happiness was breathtakingly simple. He said this, The only thing that really matters in life are your relationships to other people. Let me say that again. The only thing that really matters in life is your relationships to other people. Yes, the quality of our relationships is the single biggest factor of our happiness. More so than business success, physical health, wealth, status, or fame. And you know, I think we all intuitively know this. I mean, if we think about the happiest, most joyful times in our lives, they're almost always about relationships, aren't they? And Jesus modeled this life of relational connection. Scott Erickson, in his book, Honest Advent, writes, just like every human ever, at some moment, Jesus sought a friend or a mom or a little sister for humor, compassion, nourishment, relatability, enjoyment for belly laughs, hugs, inside jokes, maybe even high fives. That's the way being fully human works. Jesus' incarnation is participating in the same dynamics we all participate in, which is no one who is fully human is an island. And we need each other to be fully human. At Christmas, we remember that Jesus came into this world and showed us what it looks like to be fully human. And that is a life lived with meaningful connections. And it's this life of meaningful connection that he invites us into. From the moment Jesus began his ministry, he gathered men and women around him, inviting them into a life of connection. 
Uh, Matthew, the tax collector turned follower of Jesus, writes about a time when Jesus was on a stroll around the Sea of Galilee. On his walk, he sees Peter and Andrew casting nets as they went about their work of being fishermen. Now, when I've thought about what this may have looked like, I always envisioned Jesus walking by himself, seeing this lone boat out there on the water. And I've had this idea that because there was no one else there or because maybe they weren't particularly good fishermen, Jesus kind of takes pity on these guys and says, hey, you, you might want to come follow me and just leave those nets behind. But you know, it's, it's very likely that this lake was full of boats. This was a busy fishing area. There may have been hundreds of fishermen there that day. And the encounter Jesus has with these four men wasn't random. They were called. They were chosen. Jesus invites them into a meaningful connection with him. Follow me, he says. You see, Peter and Andrew had likely already met Jesus. Yeah, scripture tells us that Andrew had been a disciple of John the Baptist. When John the Baptist proclaims that Jesus is the Messiah, Andrew started to follow Jesus around town. He spent an afternoon with Jesus, brought his brother Peter to meet Jesus too. And so now this same Jesus is standing on the shoreline calling Peter and Andrew to follow him. This was an invitation to truly get to know Jesus, to spend time with him, to learn from him and to join him in his mission. And there were others who Jesus called. Uh, they included other fishermen, a successful businesswoman, a tax collector, a woman Jesus freed from demons, a zealot eager for anarchy, a thief. Jesus invited these men and women to experience a deep connection to him and to each other as they traveled about from one village to another, carrying out his mission. It was a life of purpose and a pathway to deep relationship with God, each other, and the world. This is what it looks like to be fully human. They said goodbye to their previous life and hello to following Jesus. I want to tell you about one more person who was challenged to follow Jesus. Now, different from our fishermen, this guy came to Jesus rather than Jesus coming to him. Our former tax collecting friend, Matthew, tells this story too. And he says this guy who approaches Jesus was known as a rich young ruler. Now, I can imagine a fisherman looking for a new gig. I mean, catching, cleaning, and selling smelly, slimy fish every day. I mean, that had to get old, right? But this guy seemed to have everything going for him. He was rich, he was young, and apparently he had status because he was called a ruler. I mean, think of it like this, okay? While we're all lounging around in our homes in PJs drinking hot chocolate on this in-between week, this guy would have probably been on vacation in Tahiti. But apparently all that wasn't doing it for him because he still comes to Jesus wanting to know what do I need to do to have eternal life? And in fact, he's asking, what is life all about? What is my purpose? Jesus answered, if you wanna be perfect or complete, fully human, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Do you see it there? It's the same invitation given to Peter and Andrew. Follow me. Jesus now invites this young man into a life of connection, a life full of purpose and a pathway to deep relationship with God, each other and the world. And how does he respond? When the young man heard this, what Jesus had just said, asking him to follow him, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Wow, he seems so eager to follow God and live a meaningful life. But in the end, he fell into the trap of storing up treasures on earth instead of treasures in heaven. 
Yeah, when put on the spot to answer the question, what am I truly living for? He just couldn't say goodbye to what he needed to leave behind in order to say yes and hello to fully following Jesus. Now, my guess is you know where I'm going with these stories today. Whether we realize it or not, every one of us is in the same boat as Peter and Andrew. We stand in the same shoes as the rich young ruler because Jesus offers us the same invitation. He is saying, follow me, follow me. It's an invitation and connection to relationship and to live our lives for what we already know really matters. One time when Jesus was questioned by a religious leader as to which command was most important, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And that's why we wanna help you grow deeper in these three connections, your connection with God, your connection with the church, and your connection with the world. They're all based on what Jesus says life is all about, loving God and loving people. Yes, at the end of the day, your purpose and my purpose is all about connection, relationships. As I was working on this talk, I came across this cartoon. <laughs> this guy is on his deathbed and his friend relays his final words to everyone else in the hospital room. He says, no, seriously, his final words actually were, if only I'd spent more time in the office. Now, while we would never say that, sometimes I fear that we live like that. So practically speaking, what would it look like for you to say hello to all that God wants for you in the coming year when it comes to your relationship with God, the church, and the world? What would that look like? I'll tell you what, let me give you a quick picture of what these connections are all about, okay? We connect with God when we spend time with God on our own through prayer and scripture reading. We also do that when we gather to worship together in person or when we celebrate online. Uh, we connect with the church, fellow followers of Jesus, when we gather in small groups or serve on a ministry team. Man, small groups are where we pray for each other, encourage one another, and hold each other accountable to growing in our faith. And our ministry teams, they're what makes so much of our community work. And finally, we connect with the world around us as we fulfill the mission God has always had for us to bless the people and places we encounter every single day. Oh, we also connect with the world when we join one of our community cares teams, when we give back to God financially, and when we connect with one of our global partners. Uh, this is what it looks like for us to restore God's dream for our world, to love mercy, do justice, and to walk humbly. You see, our life's purpose is all about these three connections. And this is who we believe God wants us to be and what we believe God wants us to do. On occasion, someone will ask me, so... How am I supposed to live out this Christ-following life? I mean, what does it actually look like? This is what I share with them. Life is all about connection. Connecting with God, the church, his people, and the world. That's it. And just to be clear, okay, this is not community's recipe for growing this church or acute alliteration we came up with to provide some structure. No, folks, this is what life is all about. You make this the focus of your life in this next year, 2022, and you will be blown away by what God does in and through you. The people in Jesus' day faced two challenges that every single one of us will face if we want 2022 to be the year we truly focus on what matters most. And this brings me back to where I started this talk. In order to follow Jesus, 
his first followers had to say hello and they had to say goodbye. So the first challenge is to say goodbye. For you to ask, what do I need to say goodbye to? What do I need to say goodbye to? Look back to how Peter and Andrew responded to Jesus when he said, follow me. At once they left their nets. At once they left their nets. Now, now that might not seem like that big of a deal. You might think, okay, so they left their nets. Hey, this was a huge deal. I mean, their nets were the tools of their trade. Uh, their nets were their identity. They were fishermen. That's how they caught fish. Their nets would make or break them. They had to keep them in tip-top condition. So as you look ahead to 2022, hoping it is a year where you connect with God and the church and the world more deeply than ever before, what might be your net that you need to leave behind? What have you been holding on to that you need to say goodbye to? Could it be your tendency to overwork? Maybe it's your desire to seek affirmation and acceptance in ways you know aren't good for you. Is it control over your time? Or is it a habit you just can't seem to shake or maybe a lie you believe about yourself? We all have our nets. What is your net? What do you need to say goodbye to so that 2022 is the year you give relationships a priority? That's the first challenge to answer the question, what do I need to say goodbye to? Now, the second challenge is to answer the question, what do I want to say hello to? What do I want to say hello to? And you know, that last half of verse 20 clues us into what these fishermen said hello to. Matthew says, at once they left their nets and followed him. They followed Jesus. They said hello to following Jesus. And that marked the beginning of the most incredible, grace-filled, world-changing adventure they could have ever imagined. And this is what it means to be a growing 3C Christ follower. We are growing in these three connections, our connection with God, the church, and the world. So what step could you take to deepen your connection with God? What step could you take to deepen your relationship with God's people, the church? What step could you take to deepen your relationship and impact on the world? Every relationship is headed in one direction or another. It's either moving in the direction of deepening and growing or in the direction of weakening and dying. Let me say that again. Every relationship is moving in one direction or another. It's either moving in the direction of deepening and growing or in the direction of weakening and dying. Relationships are not static. We want you to deepen and grow as a Christ follower in 2022. So in this in-between week, this week between Christmas and the new year, I wanna encourage you to spend some time, even today, even right now, saying hello and goodbye. What do you need to say goodbye to in order to follow Jesus? What do you need to say hello to in order to follow Jesus? Together, let's follow Jesus into this new year.